0: Welcome back to the Workbold Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions, space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.
1: I'm Morgan Kirstorf, and this is episode three of season 10 of the Workbold Bold Podcast. In this episode, Caleb sets down for some storytelling with the CEO of Access Control Executive Brief, Leo Des. Is access control the key to unlocking the future of work? Pun intended, it certainly won't take Lee long to convince you of this in this episode. Not naturally the sexiest of topics, access control has gone through a monumental shift in its value proposition with, as Lee explains, from friction being seen as a feature to a bug. Access control is becoming almost a single feature of what is in reality a data information system capable of delivering a personalized hospitality experience in every asset. I think we can all relate to less-than-seamless experiences with building access, whether in our apartment or office building, or in those of our friends or clients. So, when can we expect more comprehensive adoption here? Hold on for some predictions and a thoroughly enjoyable history and future of access control. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or topics you want covered, reach out to Caleb on Twitter at Caleb underscore Parker, or send him a DM on LinkedIn, where you can also find me as well.
0: Now, as you heard in our trailer, Nornorm is the headline sponsor. So in this episode, we're going to be unveiling the strategies that operators use to leverage Nornorm to boost their revenue and minimize CapEx. How can operators turn sustainable workplace solutions into a more profitable venture? Stay tuned as we journey through insightful conversations with Nornorm co-founder and one of their customers. Jonas, how can operators make money with Nornorm?
2: Well, I think with Enorm coming in and streaming furniture, we've actually enabled especially operators to help their existing clients move into bigger spaces. One great example, of course, is Epicenter in Stockholm. We've helped grow nearly 7,000 square meters on companies that had smaller studios. But as soon as a vacant space comes in through this cooperation partner, AMF, Epicenter being able to actually chop it up, put furniture in there, and then rent it out in smaller perspectives. And I think that has been super good way for them to actually help their clients and keep the relationship with their clients that they're in and operate. And also, this is zero risk. They can sell it directly initially to a couple of corporates and then they actually take on the space we furnish it and if they would want to ramp
1: it down we'll
2: collect the furniture
1: now on with the show jeff let's kick it
0: welcome to the Workboard podcast i'm your host Kayla parker and this episode i'm joined by lee odess lee is the independent go-to voice for the access control and smart lock industry is known for his informed perspective, community building, and content creation. With a deep understanding that security extends beyond the front door, Lee is passionate about enabling safe access and future-proofing building and spaces through the latest technology. Throughout his career, Lee has helped numerous stakeholders adopt cutting-edge technology to provide secure access and innovative experiences. He understands that businesses can sometimes feel overwhelmed by modern technologies, and he provides a monthly access control executive brief to keep them informed on the latest developments in smart locks, physical security, and access control. In his briefs, Lee draws on his extensive knowledge and experience to provide insights and spark curiosity, helping businesses improve efficiency and revenue. CEOs, executive teams, and anyone interested in access control can sign up for Lee's executive brief at leodesk.com to gain his objective take on the world of security. Lee's a big believer that security goes beyond your front door, and that true access means the enablement of spaces. Throughout his career, he's leveraged a number of platforms to help owners and operators adopt the latest technology to provide safe access, deliver innovative resident experiences, and future-proof buildings. He also publishes a newsletter, which we'll put a link to in the show notes. Welcome to the Workable Podcast, Lee.
2: Thank you, Caleb. It's an honor to be here.
0: Uh, it's so good to have you here. Back in London, we first met way back in my DC days. But this year, we've been seeing a lot of each other. We caught up at Mipham in Cannes, France. You hosted an amazing breakfast. Thank you for the invite.
2: Of course. Happy to have you there. So thank you.
0: And for 8 a.m.,
2: you packed it out. I was very pleased. It was something I've not done before. So yes.
0: Last week, you were here in London for Cretec.
2: Yes. An amazing event.
0: It was fun at the drinks with Infobode. We caught up there.
2: Yes. They put on a nice event.
0: And you're here again this week for... It's called
2: IFSEC. It's a security show. That's sort of been one of the largest in Europe. So I'm here, two speaking engagements. So yeah, it's been three trips to London in the past four weeks. So feels like a second home at this point.
0: Well, you're welcome in my home anytime. <laughs> I appreciate that, literally. <laughs> literally, literally. You must be racking up the air miles right now. What is all this travel this year?
2: Yeah, so it was purposely done with the desire to get more exposure and understanding of what's happening in Europe and outside of the North American marketplace, which I've spent most of my career, I've done a decent amount inside of Europe and Asia, but really wanted to make an concerted effort to embed myself within the community here. There's definitely a change within our industry that's happening of European companies coming to North America and North American companies coming to Europe, predominantly driven by enterprise software now, where historically it's been a hardware industry. We're now a software industry, so the barriers of entry have gone down and instead of just thinking about it, I got into it. And so I've, I'm spending the time.
0: Well, that's good. And it's good that you're you're spreading the word. One of the things I picked up from our conversation in MIPM was your mission to move access control from utility to experience. And I want to touch on that for a moment. But the other thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that there's a lot of change happening in real estate and you know, around all corners of real estate, we get into this binary conversation, work from home, remote working versus working in the office. There's so many nuances in between though. And at this nuance and binary conversation happens in your corner as well. Constantly. So if you think about it, one of the historical
2: ways that you bring security to any structure is by making things predictable and not having nuances. So our industry has been Built off of this idea of binary, you're safe or you're not, you're known or unknown, you're allowed in or you're not like it's just it's been binary everywhere. And frankly, as I dig into it, just like the external markets of our industry, it's binary, it's not binary, it's nuanced. And if I've seen anything now by traveling globally, it's not just in one region or not, it's everywhere. And I, I just I think it creates A lot of churn and and a desire people want to have these binary conversations when, again, I just think we need to dig into the nuances and look at the different verticals and the applications and frankly, utilize the unknown, if you want or or unpredictability to actually start to understand patterns and start to dig into the different aspects of the business. And I, I think it unlocks an enormous amount of opportunity if we do that, if we Keep the binary thinking, we're going to miss a lot. And frankly, like water, somebody's going to find the path to the nuances and find opportunity. And that's what I see happening more than anything else. The amount of companies that are coming into our industry, the access control and smart lock industry, based off of these new opportunities, because the sort of legacy has said no to what's going on or trying to ignore it. There, there's more companies now than, than I've ever seen getting into our industry, which is showing that it's a huge opportunity.
0: Well, that's a great way to set the tone for this episode. You know, Lee, you know this, the audience has been listening for a long time, knows it's a big passion of mine, the way that real estate's changing. We're moving from very inflexible static spaces to very dynamic, flexible spaces. Real estate's moving from product to service. The way people work changed. We have hybrid working. We have the work from anywhere movement and everything in between. And often we just want to be able to tap in and out of places on demand. But being able to access buildings is also a pain in the ass sometimes. If I'm a member of a community that my landlord has in, in one part of the town and they have another building, in another part of town or even another city, in order for me to, to get there, it's not always seamless. And maybe for good reasons, but... You know, you're leaning into this. so I'm, I'm curious, you know, speaking of nuances, how do we create more seamless experiences? Yeah, if you think about it, it's
2: counter to our industry. We were an industry built around barriers and actually a feature was making it difficult for people to get into the building because if you were not supposed to be there, we didn't want you to come in. So it was, you know, guards, gates, bollards, barriers, everything. So I talk about it often that, what has been a feature of our industry is now a bug in a lot of ways. And it's really flipped in a lot of ways. The uh, We've kept bad people out. Now it's about letting the right people in. And it's an entirely different way. So I've been documenting the history of electronic access control, believe it or not. You've been documenting this. That's an actual thing. Yes, I did. I did a Kickstarter and a bunch of people brought in uh, gave money to go out to document the history. So it started right around 1973 with the same value proposition that we've had up until, frankly, now, which has been keep bad people out, keep people safe. That still exists, but like we said, there's now this need to let people in, and there's also this need to create value beyond locking and unlocking. So once I get into the space, whether it's operational efficiencies or it's now part of the commerce side uh, revenue generation opportunity, but it's also this ability that we're separating the credential, which has typically been a card or a fob, with the identity, which has historically been given to you. So if you work in this building, somebody gives you the card, and it's supposed to be a representation of you. So now flipping that, because people are unknown now coming into the buildings. So you are now going to express yourself to the spaces because you want to be there, whether it's because you reserve the space, you have a meeting, whatever it might be. Now you're going to express who you are and the building needs to respond and say, sure, as part of a workflow and policies and the rest, so that I can deliver the same security posture and safety while also, though, giving you conveniences and this sort of experience that you're looking for. As an industry, we've never really paid attention to who the end user was. The customer to us was the admin of the building, primarily. People were just cards and fobs. Now there's a relationship because of mobile computing. People carrying phones around. There's a relationship now that we have with people that are using our spaces that changes the entire expectation of how our systems should work. The problem is, we're a 30 year old industry that has been based off of iterating off of that 30 year old technology. And the legacy is not necessarily meeting the customer where they're at. So you're starting to see an entirely new breed of whether it's companies, channels, whatever it might be, serving the commercial real estate and frankly, multifamily, everything, residential, doesn't matter, serving all of those different verticals.
0: Probably so many parallels to society in general where you have sort of the, the legacy thinking in, in power now coming up against you know, newer thinking. And it's the same thing here. And I guess this is where the binary conversations come in and all the nuances. So how are you addressing that in your industry?
2: Yeah, I'm addressing it by naming them, frankly. I, I call them old truths and I call these new things new truths. And I write about it and I try to create the conversation and the areas to have the conversation, like the, just the space to do it. If left for our industry, most of it is like at trade shows or print ads that are more about the products, but we don't get into the actual conversations of the nuances. So, I've been out having these conversations, going to shows, showing up in the markets, engaging with folks like yourself, because my belief is too, if the end customer markets start to demand this stuff, or at least feel that there, there is hope, if you would, that and comfort that what they're looking for these systems to do does exist. Our industry hasn't historically talked to, say, developers or commercial real estate, property management, whatever it might be we haven't really talked to them very much about what else our systems can do. So they don't feel that it can do it. So my desire is to go out and have the conversations to show that you can start to expect. And that's my biggest thing. Is the the expectation change of how these systems should work. You can expect it to be different. You just have to start asking for it and you don't have to just live off of the old truths.
0: This is a good time for a word from our sponsors. Back in the studio, this time with Kuhn Batlam, commercial manager at Edge Workspaces, the flex workspace arm of Edge, an office real estate developer in European cities like Berlin, Amsterdam, London, and Hamburg, to name a few. Welcome to the Workbook Podcast, Kuhn, and tell me about your partnership with Nornorm. Joining forces with Nornorm was a strategic move. A circular approach aligned perfectly with our vision for a sustainable future. Beyond the ethical impact, it made solid business sense. Increased demand improved tenant satisfaction. And operational efficiency potential benefits we couldn't ignore. And stay tuned for later in the show where we hear about how it went at Edge Stadium Amsterdam. So, as I said, these new truths, what are they?
2: Yeah, there's a, a lot. Um, so, the new truths would, and again, I go back to the expectations, how the system works one of the new truths is that our systems can do more than what the utility of what they've been doing for 30 years are so this idea that again it, just letting people in is fine but whatever the workflows are that after the, that happens that you want us to do whether it's calling the elevator and bringing you to the floor it's whether it's letting people know of who's inside the building whether it's communicating uh, to the visitors that you have with a a proper way of greeting them into the building. So a complete workflow outside of just the traditional, I take a badge to a building and it beeps and it lets me in. So you can start to do that. There's also the entire commerce side if you want. So the ability for it to be part of revenue generation. So this idea that you can tie in bike rentals, rooms, booking, uh, if I want to order lattes, whatever it might be, I can do that. Because if you think about it, the visitors and the people that are in the building is a source of record of who is there. So if I take that source of record and I now attach it with a, an assurance that I do know it's them, I can then do a whole bunch of water flow workflows that are on after that. The other difference is is the ability for these systems to integrate into other stuff. We've been in an isolated industry that A feature was separated because of the risk associated to it or perceived risk that if we worked with everything else, maybe it could be insecure. Now you can have that same level of security and it also work with other systems in the building, whether that's HVAC, tenant engagement. um, It really doesn't matter at this point. All bets are off. We are a data information system that happens to do access control.
0: I like that you talk about data here because that's going to segue nicely in a moment. But um, I just want to reiterate what I said earlier that I picked up on from you is moving access control from utility to experience. And by moving beyond just a badge in and out of the turnstiles to access everything in the building, the amenities, the lifts, you know the commerce that does make sense and especially if we can take through an AI or what have you to, to personalize that for each individual end user customer that can be powerful. very much so.
2: Again it goes back to I think to the source of record if you were to do sort of a Venn diagram, of all of your systems that have the identity side of who the person is. And again, it doesn't mean that it, it, there's, there's the privacy side of it and the rest of it that still exists. But the ability to tie all of those enterprise software systems that you have together to create this experience, it, it, it goes to the hospitality side yep. of our industry now of what we're getting into where, again, before we didn't necessarily we didn't necessarily care. It was sort of as long as people got in that were supposed to be there and didn't get, and the, and the people that weren't supposed to be there were kept out, everything was cool. You can go beyond that. So the curiosity around what the systems can do, The uh, frankly, having our industry have a seat at the table where we never did before, because we, we didn't need to. Now, the expectation should be to have these companies that are serving this customer set at the table because it's a critical part and that's why i feel like it's this it's the space that our industry can occupy we're keeping people safe and if we can also add in the added benefits of convenience and user experience and the rest of stuff it's 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 not going to be costs on top of costs on top of costs anymore because it's we're there already now it's sort of just turning knobs and switches to add these sort of features and benefits that you want to have on top of what you're already investing into the building.
0: And I think today, adding all of that on top, all these different layers to create that experience, it's mandatory. That's what people expect. That's what customers expect. And I just think back to my experience at 22 Bishopsgate, we were going into the building, using the app to get in and out of the building. You had to open the app, you had to scan the app they just the company there and i'll name them smart spaces they rolled out a new feature where they enabled me to configure my phone so my apple wallet had the credentials to be able to unlock the turnstile so now instead of having to open the app and scan it now i can just tap right through just like i'm going through on a bus or you know the tube in london it's really simple and to me that should be ubiquitous everywhere because that elevates the experience it moves access control from utility to experience 100%. And that's now that
2: Apple's opened up the ability for our industry to utilize the NFC capabilities inside of the phone, you're going to start to see this roll out everywhere. And that location happens to be sort of a, a, a primary spot, one of the first here in Europe, frankly, that has that capability. And it's a showpiece but you can start to see and expect to see that rolled out everywhere.
0: But I think it, it shouldn't just be a showpiece. It should be sort of behind the scenes, sort of expected experience that should just be part of the process. And you know, technology is supposed to remove friction, not cause it. And I think access control being a utility historically, as you rightly described, moving into an area where customers want experience, if access control becomes the creator of friction, we have a problem, but if it can, remove friction like what I just talked about with Apple and the the Apple wallet. And I think we're golden. So just think about what you just said there too. Our industry friction
2: was seen as positive for 30 years. Actually, even if you go back, like back to the caveman days of rolling boulders in front of caves, like it, it's always been about barriers. I mean, so this is sort of, that's, that's been embedded in our heads forever. And you can see how it would challenge the sort of old truths of our industry of people that their identity has been built off of creating friction to where now there's an entire group of people that are requesting seamless and frictionless. So it's counter to the institutional knowledge that an entire industry has been built off of. And that's why you're starting to see it slowly roll out in areas, but in other areas you know, as people get into our industry now, they're building with mobile, cloud, frictionless as the primary side of what they do. And it's challenging all of those conventional wisdoms. And even at the customer base, because at the customer side, typically that security department, where people that came from that same idea where in order to do this properly, we need friction. Anytime there was considered convenience, they said no. So even embedded within a lot of the customer organizations is the old truth mindset. But we're starting to see demand from the customer, especially as they experience it. And people are saying, that's why I talk about sort of, uh, there's primarily four things that have impacted our industry to this digital transformation that's happening. One of them being is the introduction of the iPhone. So people are saying, wait, why? Like, I can get into everything with this now. So help me understand how this is the only thing in my life that's not going to change. and." it's hard to have a rebuttal back than just saying trust me because it's more it's safe if we don't do this and they're like no nah, that, that that's not true
0: i mean it look makes sense to me and i think probably the majority of our audience is probably agreeing with you right now but uh, how long is it going to take before this experience is adopted you know across all assets
2: yeah I, I wish i had a crystal ball to do that but i, I would say over the next three to five years Especially so, it depends on the market. So, take a market like here in, in London, a lot of retrofit. So, it's, I would say, the barrier of entry is a little bit easier. So, you don't have to wait for new construction. So, if I go to some markets like take New York City or something where you're seeing a lot of new construction happen, that takes a little bit longer to, to see get embedded. But, I, you know, I would say over the next three to five years, you can expect to see this as a standard because what'll happen is somebody that is trying to compete with a building that doesn't have it good luck the expectation especially as you move around the world and you go to different areas the expectation is going to be that that experience is there so it's just going to default to a standard
0: so we touched on data earlier what sort of data can be gleaned from all of this and and how can that help landlords and customers
2: yeah so the first piece of data they can have is the assurance of understanding who the person is so sort of patterns of people that come and go and utilize the spaces that are there. So you can start to build a pattern of who the customer set is and being one of those source of records, you know, when they're on site and you know what spaces they do use and they don't use amenities that may you know, be used or not you know, time of day, the rest of it. like, so it can all be tied because it's one thing to see, I guess, see them in the building it's another thing to know that they physically have entered into this space or, or not on that end. One is the source of record of the person on that side is the other data. The other one that we see is sort of the, the teaming side. So you'll see multiple people come together and understand. So that's why you see companies like Microsoft will allow Microsoft places. So you have this virtual and physical teaming that happens on literally teams. And now I want to be able to reserve a conference room, let's say, because I'm in London, but I usually work out of the San Francisco office, whatever it might be, I can start to now see who's in the space. I can then now bring people together physically and then give them access to, say, a conference room or the resources and tools and that. Again, understanding that they're physically in the space, understanding physically where they're at on that side. There's also, I think, a level of, which may not be as sexy, but... There's an aspect in our industry called mustering. So when emergencies or things happen, the ability to communicate to those people that are in the space to get out of the building or to go where else. So I start to think a bit about how you, notifications and conversations in the way that buildings communicate and spaces communicate to the individuals that are supposed to be in the building or not, or, or visitors, whatever it might be. There's an opportunity now, I believe, that we've not taken advantage of before. It's the way that the building sort of comes alive in a conversation side of it. You're starting to see companies put digital screens and digital signage and the rest and bring concierges and the rest of the building on that end. My thought is our industry has the ability to make assurance happen that that is that person. They're supposed to be there. You know where they're at. And we can unlock that capability to have good conversations that are actionable at
0: that point. So I want to interrupt you there because I want to just touch on that in conversations are you talking about the individual having the conversations with the building or yeah. yeah so 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 the building knows that Lee's here. Lee likes his latte with oat milk so when he walks into the cafe because he we know that Lee's there it's going to say, hey Lee, would you like some oatmeal in your in your coffee yeah uh, so there's, you I,
2: um, but there's also then some uh, other abilities like for instance, There's a a sink overflowing inside the bathroom that you happen to be on that floor. So from an operational standpoint as well, where we've all, I've probably been there where you see something and you don't know who to go find to go tell about something, like maybe a lights out that you need, there's whatever it might be from a maintenance operational standpoint. So if I'm a building owner from an operational efficiency side, how can I make the experience, not just from a latte standpoint and the rest of sort of. Delight, if you would, side of not just delight, but then also just the workflow side of how the buildings function. So you can get almost this aspect that your building can be everywhere. And again, it's alive. I can be standing in front of the bathroom that has the sink and it automatically knows that I'm there in that area. So I can have maintenance show up quicker. And there's a, a feeling response because I, I do think just like everywhere, people want to know that they're heard. And, and this gives the ability, because you know where they're at in the building, where the floor they're on, all of that based off of the access control where historically you come into the building and they disappear.
0: I see the dots that you're connecting there, but my challenge to you on that, or, or maybe a more of a question is, isn't that what the, you know, the BIM system does? I mean, uh, the, the FM and and are you plugging into the
2: access control into them or what do you, so today a presentation I have at the show is at the FM show and it's about the convergence between FM and security. So, Yes. And it really depends on what I find the organization of how they manage those buildings. Sometimes it's in the tenant experience side and that's where the data flows into. Another time it's in the FM side. This is why I talk about the great opportunity our industry has is we have the ability to not only deliver operational efficiencies, but then we also have the revenue generation opportunity. So this system can not only make buildings run better, But they actually, too, from the experience side, can deliver whatever it is that the person wants. And the the owners can make money, if they want to, off of our systems because we're giving them assurance of who that person is. If we know that they're there and they're in the building, there's a whole bunch of waterfall stuff that could happen after them. That, frankly, not a lot of other utilities in your building are able to do that.
0: Well. One of the things I like about you is you're a great storyteller. And I think this has been a, a good conversation to, to sort of talk about vision, talk about what's actually happened in the past in bringing the past into the future. You talk about how the access control industry needs to become better storytellers. Um, can you share what you mean by that?
2: Yeah. So the industry forever has been about product marketing so our products go through a channel. So typically they go from the manufacturer to an integrator or an installer. That integrator installer typically takes our story to the customer. So it's really, we feed them with information, typically product and technical, and then they wrap a story around it and bring it to the coast. Now though, our industry, for a lot of reasons, one of them being customers are discovering online and that even more through COVID, there's also this demand because it's more of an enterprise software product at this point, customers are used to having relationships with the manufacturers from the enterprise software side, looking for consultative selling more than anything else. So our industry has to show up now in these different verticals with value creation stories of how our systems can not only keep bad people out, but here's how they can support whatever else you want to do. And I'm finding by going out and talking to the commercial real estate marketplace specifically, there is a great demand. I mean, just at Cretech, we did the access control village. And it took me a while to get companies to come together and say, take down your walls that you do at trade shows where you go booth to booth to booth as a, say, property manager. You never get deep enough to fully understand the differences between those companies. But what you do understand is if I walk up to a booth and there's a turnstile, I'm using an app to get in, I go up to a locker and it unlocks because it's using that same credential, and I show how I can unlock my computer, so now I'm doing physical, analogical, access control. They start to see, and, and the imagination happens, they're like, yes, that's what I've been looking for. And I'm seeing more and more commercial real estate developers, property managers, frankly, you move into the residential side or multifamily, depending on where you're in the world, you're starting to see them say, yes, that's the experience I want to have, help me go do that. Our industry has to go out and tell those stories we have to appreciate those more we just haven't historically because we've been talking about blue blinky lights and hinged panels as a hardware industry and relied on the channel
0: well this is what your newsletter is about helping tell the story this is what access control executive briefs about helping tell the story and uh, i think that this industry much like. A lot of real estate is very fragmented. There needs to be a lot of collaboration, and you're bringing that together. And I appreciate that.
2: No, thank you. And I'm glad that you see it. And, you know, I'm enjoying it. And it, there is the ability to make this utility sexy and be part of the story of making the buildings go from today to whatever is needed for tomorrow. There we go.
0: Well, I think that's a great way to end this, but I have to ask Lee, when am I going to see you again? Where are you off to next? Yeah, so I go home for
2: a couple of weeks and then heading to Helsinki to do a, uh, a keynote on, it's for the locksmith federation, the European one, frankly. There's a lot of locksmiths conversation around where the marketplace is shifting and the opportunities that a a trade like the locksmiths have to take advantage also of the digital transformation that is shaping their industry as well
0: and when are you going to be in Helsinki because I might be there as well yeah late June oh, I might be there mid-June so we might just over, we might overlap but probably not
2: well if you're there first you'll have to let me know what restaurants to go to
0: Ex- I, w- I will do I will do uh, thank you all for listening I think uh, who would have thought access control would be part of the World Bowl podcast but uh, it's such an important part of the customer experience going forward as you heard today so I hope you've taken notes and And uh, please do share your feedback with us. And until next time, take care of yourself. We're back in the studio with Kuhn from Edge. Looking forward to hearing how it went at Edge Stadium. Kuhn. Our collaboration bore remarkable fruit, especially from some of the scale-up customers that we support. We witnessed a surge in tenant interest, higher occupancy rates, and an elevated brand reputation within the industry. Thank you so much, Kuhn, for sharing your journey with Nornorm. Really excited about the future of Nornorm in the office industry. Make sure to check out Nornorm.com. I believe they are the future of office real estate. And of course, I want to thank my Nuflex colleague, Morgan Pierstor for collaborating with me on this episode. A big shout out to Jeff for all your behind the scenes magic to produce the show. And my friend, mentor and podcast prophet, Mr. Jason Allen Scott, for all your coaching, wisdom and time to help me become a better host. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. I want to thank our headline sponsor, Nornorm, who we heard from across this episode. If you don't know what Nornorm does, just a quick reminder, Nornorm is a furniture as a service company. Last episode, I shared the second of three reasons why I believe they are a huge part of the future of our industry and why I wanted them as our headline sponsor. Here's my third reason. Nornorm helps operators, landlords, and companies shift furniture from CapEx to OpEx and enable a truly flexible managed office. This is huge for everyone when underwriting deals and super important for fast-growing companies to conserve their cash. Don't buy furniture, subscribe. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. Making a high-quality podcast like this one takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire a podcast company. With our white glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through to publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews and build relationships with your guests, and we take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you'd build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through your podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe that 52 new relationships would help grow your business? We do. Contact Jason at a and let's talk.